Hey, I'm Jillian. And I'm Jessica. And this is Not Not That That Kind of Girl Podcast. We wanted to create a platform for women to speak transparently about their relationship to food and what they're learning along the way. Trigger warning, we do speak very candidly about disordered eating, body dysmorphia, and everything under that umbrella. So if that makes you uncomfortable in any way, please turn off this podcast and we wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to Not That Kind of Girl podcast. Um, We have Vita Emery with us today. She is a friend of Jessica's. And Vita, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. Hi. Um, I am a postdoc in philosophy at Fordham University. Um, Been Well, I guess I've lived in New York for eight or nine years and I've been in the sort of academic world the whole time I've been here. But yeah, so I teach I teach undergrads at Fordham Philosophy and do some writing, too. That's awesome. Um, Cool. Vita, we're so grateful to have you here. And we usually start by asking um, if you have a first memory when your relationship to food shifted or your relationship to your body slash body image shifted? Yeah, I mean, I think like so many women, I have lots of little memories. I mean, I think that I I have a memory from middle school. Um, You know, I sort of, I had always been as they, as they would call me big boned and um, not super athletic. And then I remember one summer in middle school, I started playing tennis more seriously. And like kind of tried to start eating more healthfully and I lost weight and I just got a lot of comments about my body from like the women in the suburb that I grew up in. Um, And it was like kind of amazing, right? Like I was getting all this affirmation. Um, So that was sort of my, you know, a young memory. Um, But for me, like the the real trouble with food in a very distinct way didn't start as much until I got into high school. Um, and, and that was like very much tied to a relationship. Um, I had been dating someone and, uh, he had some substance abuse problems, substance abuse, you know, issues and, uh, got sent to a, a facility and, Um, you know, I was totally devastated. He was like my best friend and it was really sudden that he was sent away. And so, um, you know, I sort of naturally fell into some depression, was not eating as much. And then again, had this experience of losing weight and people like commenting because, you know, that's what people do comment on women's bodies. Um, and so, you know, I was, that was, but that was, I was, I was losing weight. I was sad. And then I have this very distinct memory of um, going out to lunch with some friends and, you know, I hadn't really been eating much lunch and, you know, because I, from this real sense of sadness, but then, you know, on this particular day, we went to this Italian place and they were like baking fresh bread and it was free. Like I didn't even have to order food to have this like amazing bread. And I remember I started eating it and I like, it tasted amazing. And I, you know, kind of kept eating it. And then 
I like realized, oh my gosh, I've just eaten a lot of bread. You know, it, it probably wasn't that much, but for me at that time, it felt like a lot. And I just like, I felt gross and I also felt really guilty. And it was the first, I mean, it's the first real distinct memory I have of being like, you know, I'm meant to be sad. I'm meant to be like mourning this person, you know, not being with me. And here I am enjoying for myself, experiencing this like pleasurable bread and I felt terrible and so I I went to the bathroom and um, made myself throw up and I'd seen a friend do it before and I grew up hearing jokes about bulimia so I sort of thought it was like this rite of passage and I was doing the right thing because I was this like sad heartbroken woman and that's what sad heartbroken women do is they they can't you know you can't just enjoy yourself so that was really like the beginning of I think more full-blown disordered relationship to to food and to my ability to to really like enjoy it yeah that guilt piece is so interesting I I noticed that about myself and my more sort of recent um the the most recent manifestation of of the anorexic behaviors was just like the 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 guilt and the the feeling like I didn't deserve pleasure or I didn't deserve to be nourished or like that somehow I had to suffer myself um, for the suffering that I may have caused or for the trauma that I allowed or whatever it was just and I, I I've been really reflecting on that um, and as a philosophy teacher probably that's something that you know would be an interesting area to investigate and maybe you have been is just like this idea that women shouldn't seek for pleasure we shouldn't seek for nourishment like we're meant to kind of put all of that down mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think I think that's a huge like aspect and honestly you know I've been through so many different stages of of healing throughout, you know, in the last 16, you know, I was like 16, 17 years ago. And I, you know, I think that I, a big, a big component has been learning to accept, to accept nourishment. And I think like, as you were saying in multiple ways, you know, not just through food, but being able to experience, you know, people loving me and, you know, supporting me and like feeling like that's, that's an okay thing. Um, You know, I think like, I really, after that period, you know, I I struggled with bulimia for some years and, you know, got to college. And of course, college is like a terrible place for dealing with like, you know, new food and it's overwhelming and you're in cafeterias. And um, but my my dad had given me this book called Mindful Eating. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And, you know, he gave it to me in this, very, he, he knew that I was struggling with bulimia and he gave it to me in this, you know, out of, you know, very much the goodness of his heart, like he wanted to help. Um, but I, you know, I picked it up and I, and I read it and it was like this, it was like mind control, you know, I was like, oh, I can, you know, think my way into needing less even, you know, so instead of bulimia, I can just like diminish my eating and then I won't feel that guilt, you know? And so as you were sort of mentioning, like for me, that took a turn into, into restriction and anorexia, um, in college. And it was like, it, it, you know, the sort of pride of like, I can, I can control myself that, that it transferred into, um, 
And so interesting because I mean, I now, you know, later, like as I'm older and as I have gotten back into, you know, some forms of mindfulness and, um, I, you know, I look at that and I'm like, you know, obviously that's not, <laughs> that wasn't the purpose of, you know, the author who wrote Mindful Eating. It was like not to teach women how to restrict, but it definitely had that effect in that moment when I was just thinking like, you know, I don't deserve this. And so I'm, you know, first I'm going to make myself throw up, but that I don't like that. So now I'm going to learn this other way of, you know, restricting and diminishing my ability to just like eat when I want to, you know? (laughs) Right. And then having control over those urges, it's like, no, I'm being a good girl. Like I'm not, I mean, that was for me, I was like, no, I'm allowed this much and I have absolute control over the amount that I'm allowed to have. And I do not need to indulge in any more because if I indulge in any more, then I lose control. And then that means that I'm, I'm bad somehow. Like I'm wrong for for having those urges or for feeling you know that need it's like such a strange mind game and then when you're not you know when you're not eating enough your brain isn't functioning yeah yeah (laughs) no and like and you and that you know that makes sense then like when you create I mean I had such a so many rules and you know it's like exactly as you say when you're when you're not eating your brain it's like, you can't be creative. You can't, it's like, I don't, I just literally, I've set up this system for myself of how to eat to like kind of barely get through the day. And like, that's easy. Um, and it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but you know, I, I'm sort of, I've, as I said, I've gone through these like waves of just la- sort of feels like layers, like layers of learning how to be different with food. And I feel like this sort of last layer really honestly this is like very good time I mean funny timing like it was really only a couple weeks ago that I realized like oh I'm still living with a lot of rules um and I think like it's interesting because as I as I fight those rules I do have moments where I'm like god people make so many decisions every day about eating like I didn't make decisions for years you know I just like and (laughs) it's both it's 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 wonderful it's like obviously it's wonderful but I think getting used to that is like can be kind of a shock to the system it's like another point of what we have to fight through in 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 recovering yeah Vita I totally relate to that I've been experiencing that for the past couple weeks um like going to the bodega or the grocery store and having to actually be like okay, do you need the low-carb one or do you need this one because you know the carbs are low or do you want to try a different type of milk or what if you tried noodles and, like, what if you got pasta and what does it mean if you got bread? And, like, I actually found myself last night at the market and I was just, like, walking up and down the aisles because I there are, there are so many decisions. Mm-hmm. And to actually be, like, okay – I'm craving something like what do I want to enjoy tonight instead of like, oh, I'll probably just get deli meat and spinach mm-hmm. like it. It's freeing and exciting, mm-hmm. but it's also it is. It's overwhelming. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm still in the phase where I'm trying to break myself free a lot of uh, from a lot of those rules. Like I'm noticing just the thought patterns that are crossing my brain as I'm going for something like I'm still having these like, oh, you're, oh, you're having, you know, the Greek yogurt again. And 
what, what's, is that, is that okay? Like, is it okay for me to eat this? But it's such a strange question because it's like, who are you asking? Like, yeah. who's, yeah, who's exactly. the parent that's going to answer you to say like, yes or no, it is or isn't okay. Like you're asking yourself if it's okay to give yourself permission to have Greek yogurt. Like it's this weird, and it's almost related to that like God figure that is the sort of Judeo-Christian male God in the sky that's going to strike you down for doing the wrong thing, um, which isn't even a God that I particularly be- – like I'm spiritual, yes, and I believe in a higher something, but like I don't you know, ascribe myself to that model of divinity – but it's so deeply ingrained in my psyche from the society that I've grown up in that I'm like finding myself asking for permission from the masculine in me or something. I don't know. It's a very weird mind game. And I'm, I'm constantly in the process of trying to like break the cycle. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting that you mentioned like the, you know, Godhead or the masculine, because I feel like, you know, one of the things when I was sort of reflecting to co- before coming and talking to you guys, like, it's really, you know, I, a lot of my journey has been marked by these moments of, you know, like, uh, a point of starting to kind of recover, but it would always be associated with a relationship I was in, because I was then, like, giving, I was like, okay, now I'm, you know, I'm dating someone, and this man is gonna like, I'll eat with him because, like, I can do that for him, but I, like, couldn't do it for myself. And I think, like, you know, because, again, and I do think there's this whole, like, tying up with women being able to seek pleasure for themselves and, like, not having it have to be all about, you know, the some significant relationship we're in. And, like, I think, you know, for me, that's been such a part of it is, like, you know, how do I, how do I, how do I do this for myself? How do I nourish myself? Not just because like someone wants me to eat a meal with them, but because like I want to eat a meal and it's just for me and that's wonderful. Um, I think that's like, that's really been, and that's really like, even in the last few weeks, that's been a huge part of the sort of like shift in my mindset. It's like, I was good, you know, in the last few years, it's been like, okay for me to go out to eat with other people. Cause I'd be like, okay, well that's what you do. That's social. And that sort of like, but for myself, it was still really hard to like make the choices that just sounded good because I was like, well, it's not, I, I'm not, you know, I don't deserve this for myself. And I think that's like a definite, definite part of it. Yeah, it's funny. I do the opposite. I'm like, when I get into a relationship, I'm like, oh, I better, I better be the model of um, you have first you take first. Uh, I never would eat the last bite. Mm. I would order like in accordance with like what that person was ordering. I was always terrified to be naked. Like I've always had such a fear of like being, being rejected by the male that I try to like fit into this tiny, um, version of myself. And, um, you know, the anorexia certainly, uh, is related to that. Just how do I get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller? How do I disappear further? How can I like, how can I submit more? And it's been really um, eye-opening to like be at the age that I am and think, my God, my entire life I've just been making myself as small as possible 
um, and needing as little as possible from a relationship. And how sad, mm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm, what a mm-hmm, bummer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to miss out on the expansiveness that a relationship might, you know, be able to have. But but it is funny that that our food stuff is so tied to um, the experience of ourselves in relationship to the masculine body or whatever that looks like, right? I mean, of course, we're speaking in really gender normative terms right now. But when I think masculine and feminine, it's different than male and female, right? It's like. No, I mean, I think that I think that, though, like to make to we are so taught to take up less space. And then I think there's this like, well, sort of because I remember having moments of like, well, I want to be the cool girl who shows she can eat, but I also don't want to eat too much. You know, it's like, but where's me in that story? It's like, I want to be the cool girl, but I also want to be the small girl for this other person. But like what do I want? You know? And it's kind of, I think the same thing, like, as you were sort of speaking to, like when you, when you think that way all the time, both about food and about, you know, everything else in a relationship, you, you do, you, you miss out on like just the, the being yourself and connecting from that place, you know? Yeah. I think it's funny just how, well, not funny, but I love that you said the masculine and the feminine energy um, because something I enjoy doing is I love taking myself out to like the bar to have a nice meal and listen to a book or a podcast. It's like something I've been trying to do every Sunday and I I love that experience. And the last two Sundays, I've noticed that I go to the bar. I'm the only girl alone at the bar. And there will be like four other guys who are doing the same thing as me. They're coming to the bar to get their burger, get a drink and then go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It's so interesting because I'll sit down alone and I'll get like looks from girls that are in couples or maybe with girlfriends. Um, And each time I've gone, I've finished my full plate. I've had a drink. Um, And this could be me being, you know, I don't think anyone's judging me. But I think it's interesting that like it's pretty normal for a guy to come in and have a burger and fries and a drink and then go and finish his whole plate. But I think for a girl, there's always comments, like inner monologue comments from other people around you. Or I was at brunch with a guy I'm seeing and I was really hungry and I enjoyed my brunch. And he's awesome, the guy I'm seeing boys are just stupid and he was like he was like oh wow you were really hungry and I didn't even comment because I was like this isn't worth my time and I'm not going to break down to him why that's not okay to say um but yeah I I mean there's a lot there (laughs) like I'm trying to get to the point where I'm so healed and I'm so connected with what lights me up and what makes me feel good that no matter what anyone else says or thinks or whatever I really don't care I'm like it's all good you can have your opinion but this I know this fills me up emotionally um nutrient wise it makes me happy I love this experience um yeah I don't know that was a tangent we love to tangent (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking this I I like you know in these last weeks as I've been thinking about like just like, once again trying to like see the rules the ways in which I am keeping myself sort of bound in and and living by other people you know I love what you just said about like what what lights you up and like being sort of 
sure enough of that or not even sure of it but just like knowing that that's what you're seeking like you're seeking what lights you up and like what makes you feel full and I think you know full emotionally spiritually and physically and I think like I I don't know why but this phrase um came to mind last week I just keep whenever I get sort of anxious or I want to pull back I say to myself it's about messy nourishment like Mm. I'm trying to nourish myself but it's like not towards any specific perfect end like I'm not trying to eat in some way that's gonna like give me the perfect body I'm just trying to eat to nourish myself I'm not trying to like be in relationships to give me some like perfect end or some like idealized thing I'm just like in relationships to feel like nourished and happy and like you know I'm not moving my body to like you know get somewhere specific it's like I just want to feel nourished and it's messy and I have to experiment like I can't you know kind of like what we were talking about earlier with all the choices like I can't I can't know if I'm gonna like enjoy this like new brand of yogurt and like in the past I would have just been like well you know screw that I'm not gonna try the new brand of yogurt like that's there's it's not worth it you know but I think like thinking of it that way like it's not it's it's messy but it's filling me up and like ultimately that's kind of the point I think Vita I love that messy nourishment that's incredible um that's totally it and I I remind myself that same thing too i keep thinking like it's about how you feel like eating new things making sure nothing's off limits and just checking in with how each thing made me feel and even with my exercise too like making sure it fills me up and makes me feel good and happy and not just like struggling and making myself do something um and continuing to remind myself like it's just part of the process and it's gonna get easier and it's gonna become like just normal eventually I hope Mm -hmm. it's not going to be something I have to like think about Mm -hmm. but I was curious Vita when did you so when did you start healing because it sounds like you're definitely in the process of healing this yeah I mean I you know when I well it's funny because like I think when I first was became bulimic I like my first strategy was to tell some loved ones and like try to kind of let them keep me accountable. But unfortunately, I, that those loved ones were often people I was, you know, romantically involved with. And so then if the relationship wasn't going well, that sort of stopped working, you know. Um, and so that was like this first try I had. I was like, if I'm honest with people, then somehow like that's going to be it and so like that helped in moments and then it would sort of go back to not helping um you know I think it's a it's a really tricky uh like in college I you know I would I would bond with other women who were struggling with eating disorders of various kinds and I think on the one hand some of that like again there was moments of really like good nourishing accountability but also like you know, we were young and there were moments where I felt like we probably, it, it didn't help, you know? And so I think like these phases of talking to people, um, and then I've always, you know, I, I, I started seeing a therapist, you know, in, in late high school and then that sort of continued through college. And, um, you know, my, my issues surrounding food were always like very much in the center of, 
of those um, therapeutic dynamics. And I think like that made sense. I really do. I understand why that was the case. But, um, you know, and I, I sort of hit this plateau. Like, I think I got, I, you know, I, I, I remember the last time that I, you know, made myself sick um, when I was studying abroad in college. And I was like, okay, like that, that phase of my life is over, which of course it you know never really is. But I think, um, you know, then I, I sort of hit this, like, I did a lot of numbing, you know, and I like one of the things I, I and I've talked about this with other women, I think, you know, I started to kind of, I would be really controlled. And then I would like have a few drinks and that would let me let go of the mindfulness and that would let me feel like I could like eat and not think about it. Um, and that created its own. I mean, I know there's like lots of research about the kind of comorbidity between alcohol and alcoholism and, um, and eating disorders. And, you know, I, I, I still drink and I have, I actually think I have a fairly healthy relationship with alcohol, but I, but for a period of time, I, do, I you know, I didn't because it was definitely helping me cope. It was helping me, it was helping me eat, honestly. Um, and then, and I think really like accepting that at some point and being like, okay, like this isn't good. You know, this, this is like, you're, you're still really, you're eating enough to like be healthy, but you're doing it in such a way that, you know, you really are uncomfortable with it. Like I really felt like I was, I'm eating, I'm, I'm healthy enough, but I'm not like happy. It's not nourishing me. It's not filling me up. You know, it's like, I feel, I still feel some shame. Um, so then I, when I moved to New York, uh, it took me a couple of years to start seeing a therapist again. And, and part of that was that I, I was still keeping, I don't, I've gone out of keeping food journals in my um, struggles and I was still keeping a food journal. I was still counting calories like very heavily. Um, and I really didn't want my eating to be the forefront of the next therapist I saw because I really at that point felt like the issue like I didn't want to just talk about how many calories I was eating in therapy I guess is what I'm trying to say I wanted to get like underneath the you know like what what in my personal history like what was sort of continuing to to drive this sense of shame and and discomfort with food um and with and with loving myself really right i mean with nourishing myself and being like i'm enough you know i'm like worthy of of taking care of myself um so you know i think i sort of say like it's it's been you know moments of healing throughout since it started you know i'd sort of say okay like because i you know as i wanted to be freer i've always wanted to be freer you know i wrote my PhD in existential philosophy, you know, all about freedom. And like, that's been such a quest. <laughs> I wrote my dissertation thesis on, on existentialism and, and existential identity, but really a lot of it was about just this need. I've always, I mean, the tension between like our overwhelming freedom, which I do think, I mean, I, I, I think that that can play into I think people all people do all kinds of things to restrict their own freedom because it's kind of terrifying. I mean, this is getting philosophical, but like the existential, just like if you know we can do anything and we're ultimately totally free, then that's like a lot. There are a lot of choices, and I do think that like as I was sort of saying earlier, there's a component to like you know 
believing that you get you should you know you get to make those choices and you can make those choices and of course like you know routines aren't bad and it's like good sometimes to have certain kinds of routines but I think and that's like for me one of the things about you know more recently with with eating like I had routines and, and they served me you know like when you're really busy sometimes you just like sort of need to eat the things that you have in your fridge that are kind of it's like easy to stock up on and I think that's fine but you know I really noticed it was like you know, a, a partner was like, do you want to eat this thing with me? And I was like, well, I was like hungry, but it like wasn't part of my kind of like plan for the day. And so I was like, well, no, I don't. But I like really did. And that was and this was you know, like probably a month ago, a month and a half ago. And it was like it really clicked for me. Oh, man, like I'm still I want to do this thing. Like I, I, I want to eat this thing that this person is, you know, and like, I want it for myself, not because they're offering, not because they say, but I'm still feeling like I can't because I have, you know, I'm like afraid of kind of taking hold of that freedom. Um, so I don't know. I just, it's a, some irony. I was actually saying to my therapist in one of my last sessions, like I've spent, you know, six years of my life writing this thesis on freedom. And I feel like I'm like only just beginning to be able to, to grasp it, you know, to really be like, okay with it, be okay with, with making choices for myself in this really genuine way. So. Yeah. The idea of freedom and responsibility and like, how do you balance those two things? And like, what, what does it actually mean to be free? Um, and where it comes to food, it's like certainly, um, you know, there are like it, it is important to keep it in balance. Right. But when you've been in such a restrictive place and then you start to allow yourself to have food. I know for me, I was like I, I kept having these like I'm eating too much. I'm eating too much. Stop yourself. Stop yourself. Stop yourself. But I was like still hungry. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I did. It's like this like this figurehead of like, stop, 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 stop this overlord. And I'm like, why, like, why can't I just let go? Like, what, what is it? Like, what does it cost me to let go? What's it actually going to cost to just be like, it's fine. Just like, go and have a cookie, which I still haven't done. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I still haven't had ice cream. I'm, you know, I am still in a lot of ways living under a lot of rules and and it's hard you know and it's hard to feel my body in a different way and it's hard to see the changes like I'm definitely not you know it's not a perfect story right like we're all in the process of uncovering like how to be healthy and how to love you know the skin you're in so to speak right and how to like and and part of that is to be free to be truly embodied in yourself and I'm like I'm really noticing just the the um the connection you know between like the ways that I stop myself from being self-expressed are equal to the ways that I stop myself from enjoying something that I want to enjoy for fear that the external world is gonna you know judge me for it Mm -hmm. um and I mean, it's like what Jillian was talking about, you know, sitting and having food, you know, alone. I, I would never like I don't I don't like to go out alone. I feel awkward and funny and like I'm being looked at. And 
there is this element of, oh, she must be on the prowl or look at that vixen trying to get picked up or, ooh, what is she doing here by herself? She must be a this, she must be a that. And a lot of it is in relationship to how the world is going to see me. And that is like being in prison. You know, that's the antithesis of freedom, right? Is to not feel like you can just move in the world. Yeah. I want to, I, I totally agree. And I, and I was thinking about that also when Jillian was talking about going to the bar and like, or going to the restaurant, bar, restaurant. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I, one of the, I, I went on this really long solo trip this past summer. Um, and I, and I do think it really laid some seeds for this place I'm in right now in part because, and I do, this is one thing I, I really, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to be able to travel by yourself, I mean, I think, that experience, um, you know, because you just kind of have to, you know, it's like you're in a place and you, you don't want to like eat in your hotel room or your Airbnb, you know, whatever you don't, you know, you, you don't want to eat in that place like every day probably. And like, especially I was on a road trip. So I was like staying in some like, you know, side of the road hotels. And it's like, at some point I like, I want, I, yeah, I want to, go eat at a restaurant like I just need to and I think and then it sort of opens up that as a possibility and I and I found that moments when I've done that you know when I was younger and I studied abroad it was sort of similar it was like I was in this place where I I hadn't I wouldn't have ever done that and then I was like in this you know foreign city and I was like well I like guess I'm here and I and I like want to experience the city and you know even if it's uncomfortable and it is it's just like but of course, I mean, I'm saying all this like easier said than done. But I do think those moments stand out to me as being like, you know, I I wouldn't have done that in my hometown, but for some reason, being somewhere else made it made it more accessible um, and sort of opened some of that, opened the door a little bit for that possibility. It's so funny, Vita, because like I'm you, I feel like you and I have such parallel experiences, but have like. Um, gotten different things out of it. Like I went on a road trip and I was by myself for most of the time. I drove cross country from here to California and back again. Mm -hmm. But I like brought all of like my car was stocked with all of the foods that I had deemed were okay. Mm -hmm. And I did eat in the hotel room. I think I ordered out one time and then when I got to Colorado, which is where my, my sisters were, Jillian, who we're talking to now, and my other sister who has two kids, lives in Colorado, I went to the store and I was very, like we went out one day and I was very controlled about what I got. It was like, you know, but at the same time, I was experiencing a sense of wholeness and a sense of freedom at just being alone on the road. Mm-hmm. So it was like this weird, like, again, we're talking about that tension between control and sort of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it was beautiful. I had like, I, I would go and do it again a hundred times. Like, it's just such an experience. Um, but it is funny that the food stuff, I mean, I was like, had my box next to me. I had my beef jerky sticks that were low in calories. I mean, it's like pretty, it's pretty ridiculous to think about now. Um, I mean, but I, I totally get it. And I've definitely had, I've definitely had done that. You know, like when I, when I moved abroad, I brought all these things 
that I was comfortable with all these like snack bars and stuff. And then at some point they ran out and that actually, I mean, that was like a real like forced me to change situation (laughs) because I just didn't, you know, it's like I'm in a place that doesn't sell like the Luna bar that I like, you know? And so (laughs) it's like, but yeah, it's funny. I, I think, you know, well, I my road trip was also from uh, New York to to LA, and and I stopped in Colorado. I have a lot. I actually went to college in Colorado, so lots of connections there. Um, but I I actually had this t- sort of terrible experience of getting caught in a flash flood in Arizona, and I uh, and it, it totaled my car. Um, <laughs> and so that, but that was an interesting thing because I remember, and I, I actually hadn't made this connection before, but it was like. Every, all of my plans went out the window, like everything changed, you know, and I was by myself and I like, you know, had no car and I like had to find a hotel and then I had to like, you know, wait, they thought they could fit. It was a whole thing. But I like, I did, I was in Flagstaff, Arizona. And like one of the first days there, I just like went out and ate a burger and I cannot remember when I've got, like, I, I'm not even like a huge uh, meat eater in general, but I was just like, I need a burger and it was so not my normal thing. And I do sort of think, as, as sort of when you, were, when you were talking, it was like, I totally lost control over everything. And I think in the past, like there's sort of two responses to that. There's sort of this like throwing up of your hands. And I think I learned something from that. Like I, I lost control and I sort of survived. And then I like ate the burger and I was like, okay, I'm still here. Like I didn't get, I didn't get injured in the flood. You know, like I'm, didn't like everything is sort of okay and now I'm gonna eat this thing that scares me and it was like the sort of progression of um I don't know it was I just I hadn't thought about that before the sort of like when you have intense experiences like sometimes they push you further and sometimes they don't you know and that it's there's no like rhyme or reason per se to it it's just sort of something that happens that's funny. I lost a windshield in the middle of a um, snowstorm and I had to find like just like a random I, I ended up in like the most trailer town that you, I mean, it was like something out of a movie. And I like walked in and had to get, you know, a windshield wiper. And there were these two ladies like leathery skin, one older, one kind of middle aged. And we had to like put it on the car, like in the middle of a storm. <laughs> and I just remember being like, all right, like sisters doing it for themselves. <laughs> You just got to handle it. But that's you really do. that's really funny. Vita, we usually wrap up by asking if you could tell yourself, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, like go back in time to the moment that or the small moments that you remember when your disordered eating started, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Oh man, I mean, I think the like overarching thing I would say to myself, I'm not sure my young self would have listened, ever been able to listen to this, but <laughs> I would say to her that I, that she's enough and that she doesn't, she doesn't, I don't know. She doesn't need someone else. She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need another person to complete her. And, you know, she, she's allowed to, to be full. She's allowed to be full of life and, you know, without like, yeah, making herself smaller, having to take care of someone else. Um, and, and it's, it's okay to have messy feelings and like, you don't have to 
push those down in the same way that you don't have to push down your desire for for nourishment and pleasure so I don't know it's kind of a a, a rambly response but I think yeah that 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 she's enough that and you know young girls are enough as they are mm-hmm. that's great I love that and one other question we wanted to know if there's like a new kind of no-no food like that was a no-no food before that you've incorporated back into your world um I mean like honestly I love sweets and I have always and then you know so like I last night I had a Snickers ice cream bar I cannot remember the last time I had a Snickers ice cream bar and today I went to I happened to be downtown and I went to by a milk bar and I like bought some treats for a milk bar that I'm gonna enjoy after we wrap up tonight so Vita this was so awesome thank you so much yeah I really enjoyed it thank you guys yeah thank you I'm you know it was it's so funny to have met you I mean so Jillian Vita and I only met like at a party um through a mutual friend but I kind of just had a record. I don't know. I had a recognizing moment in meeting you. There was something that felt kindred in some way. Um, so I'm happy to know more about you and to have you on and just to get to connect in this way. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Have a good night. Enjoy your milk bar yeah, treats. I will. All right. Well, thank you guys. Talk to you soon, I hope. All right. I really love that. I really do want to get a drink and dinner with Vita. She sounds so rad. I know. She's so wonderful. God, what a smart. And I love, I'm like the philosophy piece. I was like, yes, woman. 100%. Yes. Let's do like a seminar. All right. What was one thing you took away from Vita and what is either a challenge or something you want to celebrate from the past week? Um, well, what I took from Vita is just, it's, well, it's just so interesting to me, like the parallels that her and I seem to have, but how differently they've expressed, like, um, you know, the, the relationship to a man and the food consumption and, um, traveling and the freedom that that, that brought and like how differently we kind of experience those things, which I guess is, is true. I mean, we're individual human beings but there seem to be some some parallels there that are interesting to me um and um again I just I just have to reiterate for our listeners because I think it's a very important point is um that most of the women who are experiencing eating disorders they they present because of a comment that somebody made when they were in their preteen or teenage years and that we've got to start being more mindful about the messaging that we are giving to our young women because almost everyone that we've talked to has has said that um and then I've been having a really hard week I am just not even gonna fake the funk with any of you it has been a tough week for me I've been feeling really low And I'm having a hard time with my body and with my food. And I'm like just trying to navigate all of the emotions that are coming up around, um, you know, eating. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a tough one, Jill. It's been a tough week. But I'm pushing through. You know, I'm I'm eating Greek yogurt again. So (laughs) 
There, there's that. I'm sorry, Jesse. I know it's been a tough week for you. It's okay. I mean, that's why we're doing this, right? To just be real, to be really real about it. So yeah. how about you? I loved the part in the interview where she was like overwhelmed at the market or overwhelmed with the choices because that's exactly how I feel. I mean, last night I stopped at the market and I was like, I'm really hungry. I had, you know, a really light lunch and I was like, what do I want? And a lot of times I'll be too busy, so I will do my go-tos. I'll do like turkey and spinach and maybe some crackers. Like I'll do a charcuterie or, you know, I'll do a salad. But I'm really trying to like get myself out of like what I usually get at the market and to just listen and like look at things and kind of be excited or inspired or maybe want to try something new. So like I really, I really was, I was like, well, I, I think I want brown rice. And then I went down the rabbit hole. I was like, well, let me look at the different types of rices and let me see. And then I was like, you're defeating the purpose of why you're here. You shouldn't be looking at nutrition labels right now. You should just be getting something that you want to get. And, you know, I think I did pretty well. I think I could have done better. But, I mean, I just got brown rice and I still got turkey and spinach. <laughs> because I was like, what do I do with the brown rice? What do I put in it? <laughs> For all of our listeners, I don't belong in the kitchen. It is not – I'm not like my sisters or my mom um, cooking or baking, really. It just – it's not – it's not my thing. It's really not. I'm happy to taste what people cook and bake for sure. But it is not something I excel in. Um so yeah, I really took that took that to heart and I took that away. But I'm I think I'm in a place where I look at it more exciting now. Um, like I'm a lot more excited to explore the different types of foods and see how they make me feel and explore what you know, how if I have like I had pizza I I did great this last week. You know, I'm continuing to do really well as far as like not restricting like I had pizza with a friend one night and I've had like these amazing cookie dough balls that Marissa had in her freezer um like a couple a day and like I had some gelato like I'm just very much like not I had like those what are they called koala yummies I grew up with them I had like a package of those today you know like just really not restricting and really listening to my body and then like I really love this. Jesse Golden actually has a quote that says, like, overeating is not binging. Because, like, there was one night that I kind of overate accidentally. I was, like, super hungry, and I got home, and I ate a bunch. It was, like, after a really long run, and it was late in the day, and I needed enough energy to teach. And and I was like, whoa, I'm super full um, after And at first, like, a tinge of guilt came in, and I was like, God, you fucked up. Like, you didn't, you know, you weren't, you didn't get it. Like, you didn't do it right. And then I was like, no, 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 it's all good. Like, now you have more information. Like, that was just too much food, and you don't want to feel this way. So next time, you can just, like, chill out, even though you're in a rush, and eat what you need, and then listen to your body. Um, Sorry, another great tangent for our listeners. I really apologize. Um, So that's, like, a win. Is that a win? Is that what I said my win was? I mean, I think it's great, Jill. You're just not like I'm I'm really hoping I can get to that place where I'm just not keeping to the rules. Like yeah. I've definitely been doing it like slow little, you know, like I'm at I've added grapes back into, like I'm having green grapes and those are delicious. Um but I think it's amazing. Like I I really it's that freedom thing, right? Like the the tension between control and freedom, which is another thing that we really got out of Vita's like our chat with Vita um, is just that feeling of, of freedom yeah. to really enjoy. Jess, you will get there. I know you will. It might 
take some time, but I know you will. There's no reason you won't. Everyone deserves this feeling. Everyone deserves this freedom, you know? Like, you will achieve that. I have zero doubt in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Thank you so much. You guys, you humans, whoever you are, however you identify. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Um... Go ahead and follow us at not that kinda girl on Instagram. And you can find us on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on Pocket Casts. So there's other platforms if you don't want to use Spotify to listen to us. And we are really trying to grow our audience right now. We're really, really trying. So please, please, please share with your friends if you think you know someone that, you know, would really benefit from listening to this or would want to be on the show. Like share, follow, reach out. We are here. Um... We're here still throwing spaghetti on the wall. (laughs) 